0: The following is a presentation of Broadway Church in Vancouver, British Columbia. For additional media, visit broadwaychurch.com. Well, good morning, everybody. It's so nice to see you on this beautiful Sunday morning. I often say to people down where we live, we live in um, Palm Springs, Palm Desert area of California. I often say to people that the best summers in the world are up in this region here. It's a great place to live in Vancouver, British Columbia. Do you agree? Yeah. You really do. And I want to thank Pastor Darren for the kind words. When I think of Broadway Church, we ha- I have many memories. Do you know it was 21 years ago this Sunday that we farewelled here, and we left 21 years ago. And I'd like you to meet Barbara. She's over here. Barbara, if you'd stand for a moment. That's my wife, Barbara. September the 1st, we will have been married for 62 years. That's a long time, isn't it? it really is. Well, I have some great memories here, and you haven't come to hear a lot of that. I will just mention a couple of things. I remember when the building was under construction. It was in the winter, and there was snow on the ground. And on a Saturday, the workmen weren't here, and I came over here to the building, and the building was erected to this point. The platform was poured, and the main floor, but there were no walls and no ceiling, wide open sky. And I tried to picture what it would be like and a few months later, I stood in the same spot as we dedicated this building to the Lord. And so much, so many good things have happened since this building was dedicated. And I'm so glad to see that the church is going ahead and doing so well. You know, this being Father's Day, I think of it more as a family day. Uh, my father passed, passed away as a result of a, an automobile accident when I was 27, But I had a wonderful father, and today I certainly reflect on him and honor him. But when I think of fathers, I also think of grandfathers. And do you know, it was in this church and across the street that I dedicated two of our grandsons, the oldest. I dedicated Luke across the street, and I dedicated Nathan here. And can you believe those boys graduated from college this year? How many have any children who graduated from a public school or high school or college or university this past year? How many have? Oh, yes, quite a number, quite a number. I I came across something that I think sort of fits with this season of the year and all the graduations. Do you mind if I read it to you? And it goes like this. When my son graduated from high school, he had to give a speech, he began by reading from a prepared text, quote, I want to talk about my mother and the wonderful influence she's had on my life, he told the audience. She's a shining example of parenthood, and I love her more than words could ever do justice. At this point, he seemed to struggle for words, and after a pause, he looked up with a sly grin and said, it's really hard to read my mother's handwriting. I would like to mention today that, uh, you know, I pastor two RV parks down in in the Palm Desert, Palm Springs area during the winter season from the first Sunday in November till Easter. And uh, the snowbirds and the rainbirds come down for the north, a lot of Canadians and a lot of Americans, many from this area, and some of them are here in this service this morning. I wonder, could you just lift your hand if you're from one of the park ministries down there today? Yes, yes, welcome. And in fact, uh, Fred McPherson, who's down here, is the president and chairman of the board for the uh, Rancho Casablanca Park, a former Lawrence Welk Park, where I minister at 8.30 on Sunday mornings, and I do a 10.30 service over at Indio Springs RV Resort. And it's people of all denominations. And I've really enjoyed that because we are part of the body of Christ. Well, Father's Day, or a family day, and I want to talk a bit about that today. When we we, uh, want to grow in our Christian faith, we want to have a balanced life. We can understand that from a physical sense. You know, if your balancing system's off, you're in trouble. That's when you have to get a cane or a walker. And thankfully, for those uh, facilities that are available to us. But you know, as a Christian, you can be off a little on your balance. And uh, how do we have a well balanced Christian life? Well, the first thing we have to have is a goal. And that goal, as Paul said in the scripture we read, his goal was to know Christ and to really become like Christ in his attitude and relationship with others and so on. That was his goal. And I like his honesty. He said, I'm not there yet. I'm really not there yet. I'm under construction. I'm trying. But that's my goal. Which brings us to the next word, which is focus. He said, one thing I do, and you know the Bible says that uh, a double-minded person is unstable in all his or her ways, and I think we can understand that. So he said, we have to have, I have to have focus in order to be the Christian person that God would have me to be. So then he gave some steps. The first word he says, forgetting what is behind. In other words, he was saying, there's some things in our past that we have to let go. We just have to let it go. For example, Paul was noted in the Scripture as the chief of sinners. Do you know, once he came to Christ, if he had not learned that Christ forgives, and once he forgives, he forgets it, it's removed as far away as the east is from the west. And Paul, <clears throat> Paul had to let that past go. He couldn't let it dog his life. He had to let it go. And that's true with all of us. There are things in our past that we wish we could relive them over again, but we can't. But it goes further than just our sin. It sometimes can be life that hasn't been too good to us. And because it hasn't been too good, there's a tendency to see life through negative eyes rather than positive. And if you're ever going to see it in a positive way, you've got to let that go. And also, (coughs) if one has had successes in the past, but it's not there today, life is different. Whether you made a decision that affected you or you used to have a great job and you don't have that job today or whatever, you've got to let it go. And you have to focus on what is ahead. And how you handle that is, first of all, you thank God for the past, good or bad. And this is the way you can thank him. You can thank him for the lessons that you learn through the past. But now you have to move on. That takes us to the next phase. I had a brother named, or a cousin named Bill. He was a little older than me, and I only met him a couple of times because we lived on opposite sides of the continent. But the story goes that Bill, as a baby, fell off the bed, hit his head, and struck his head some way that he went blind. They called it a pinched optical nerve. I don't know what it would be called today, maybe the same thing. And for, I heard, six weeks, he couldn't see. And then one day, his father held out something over, over the bed, and the boy reached up. Why? Vision. Vision. So Paul says you forget what's behind, and you reach or you strain to what is ahead. Vision. Well, what's the vision for Christians? I'm not talking about the vision for Christians. Some young couple that feel that God wants to call them to be missionaries to the far corners of the earth, that's fine. But what's the vision for John Doe, Mary Joe's Doe, sitting in church week by week? What's the vision? Well, Paul said, I want to know Christ and be like him. So, the vision is going to be demonstrated in our relationships. First is the relationship with God. And once you come to know Christ as your Savior, and that's where it begins, that's where you have spiritual birth, by placing faith in Christ. Once that has happened, where do you go from there? Well, if you're going to grow in that Christian experience and in that relationship, you've got to be very much in tune with the Bible. And you need to read it. The Bible is more than a book on the coffee table. The Bible is a book that you need to read every day. And then pray and ask the Holy Spirit to make that Bible real to you. And if there are areas in your life that you need correction, you've got to ask Him to correct that. If there are areas in your life where you need direction, you need to ask Him to somehow by His Spirit, which is in you because when you received Him, you became spiritually born. You've got to ask him to nudge you in that direction and show the way. So it's very important that the foundation of all of the relationships has to do with the relationship with God. Now the second is a relationship with your family. And this is very fitting on Father's Day. Let me tell you fathers, especially you young fathers, someday you're going to retire. And when you are retired... And you meet some of your retired buddies over at Tim Hortons and have one of those big maple bars and coffee. You're not going to be saying, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. Or I wish I would have spent more time at work. Hopefully you won't have to say, I wish I would have spent more time with the kids and my wife. Family is so important, and when you come to that point of retirement, it's not all the trophies that you attained, it's not all the positions that you held, although they are important, it's family. So, relationship with God, relationship with family, relationship with the church believers, the Christian believers, the body of Christ where you encourage one another and help one another, you're not critical of one another, you're not tearing things down, you're not a wrecking ball. Rather, you are endeavoring to maintain peace and unity in the body of Christ for the glory of God. Then the fourth thing is your relationship with the non-Christian world. And this has really been important to me in recent times. I read a book some time ago by Barry Corey, the president of Biola University in California. And in that book, he talks about love and kindness. And he says that kindness is the way you express love. And he says kindness is different than niceness. Niceness is just where you go along with anything. Kindness is where you have a firm center of your belief, your Christian belief, but you have soft edges, soft edges. I had this happen some years ago. I belonged to a health club when I was in Edmonton, Alberta, and I used to go over and you know, especially when it was 30 below. It was great to get in the hot tub and relax and whatever. And I came across a fellow there. He always called me Don. Now, my name is George, but didn't matter. I told him I'm George. Hey, Don, how you doing? <laughs> and I can, I can recall he was quite a character. Like, for example, I'd finish my swimming in that, and I'd be in the lounge trying to relax, and he'd come by and hit my foot or something. Hey, Don, how you doing? I thought I was doing better before you came, but I... <laughs> but one day, he said to me, you know, I'm doing i I'm renovating my blankety-blank kitchen. I'm taking up the blankety-blank floor and the blankety-blank... Language like you couldn't believe... Now, if I had a hard edge on me as a Christian, I would have said, I don't appreciate that language. Firm center, soft edges. I thought, my time will come. Finally, he said, hey, uh, Don, where do you work? He said, well, I'm the pastor of the church over here. He said, "You know, when I can get the floor under control and the uh, cupboards under the control, the language totally changed. But here's the good thing: The Sunday before I farewelled there, I baptized him, and that I hold him under oh, all) <laughs> I hope, I hope I'm not trying to show how great I am because I don't feel that way, but I'm under construction like everybody else. And when I retired from pastoring, I left here and went down to help a church in Seattle and, and ended up being there for four years and then finally said, I'm retiring. Well, then I ended up in Washington State filling in in churches that were, were in transition. A pastor had left, another hadn't come, but... You have a lot of time in your hands. Sometimes you're only there for Sunday and sometimes one day a week. Barbara went down with her classical music background, piano playing. She went down to the Benaroya Hall, home of the Seattle Symphony. She wanted to hear the music, and she thought if she could be an usher, she could be in and hear the music, which is the case. Well, they wanted me to go, too, but it was too much of a quantum leap at that point. But I used to pick her up, and I got to know the people. They roped me into it, and I ended up as one of the head ushers of the, of the hall. And Barbara was an assistant head usher. And um, for any concert, we had about 75 ushers, but for any concert, we had 28 ushers, three assistants, a head usher, a house manager. I always had to meet with the people. And, uh, you know, here's this minister who is now the head usher, and you've got the mix of people, retired people, doctors, lawyers, whatever, Christians, non-Christians, atheists, agnostic, people with a different lifestyle, all of that. And, you know, at first, they were sizing me up. But little by little, firm center, soft edges, I became really the unofficial chaplain. I did funerals and weddings, and went and prayed for people in the hospital, and whatever, and uh, I could go on and on and tell some wonderful stories of things that happened, but I'll tell you this. I was invited to pastor the two RV parks in California. Those people didn't know it, except the house manager. And it was the last event. Years, every year they had what would call, your ma would be proud. And it gave an opportunity for people who worked in the organization, in the offices, the custodians, the ushers, anybody, to do their thing. And for example, some showed their artwork, some showed their work with jewelry, some uh, read poetry, some did dance, some did song, and whatever. And, uh, So I had three of the ushers who made no no indication of Christian belief. They said to me, George, you're a minister. You should give a sermonette. I thought, you've got to be kidding in this setting. Barbara played every year. She would play usually a Broadway musical number somewhere over the rainbow or something like that. But uh, she was booked to play. So they finally talked me into it. And they advertised it in the bulletin, a a sermonette by a preacherette. (laughs) I had one minister said, I wouldn't do that. I'd end up with a church full of Christianettes. (laughs) So anyway, I said, put us on at the end of the performance. So this time, Barbara played Amazing Grace. She told the story of the writer, Newton, John Newton, how he was a slave trader, and in a storm, he gave his life to Christ, and he wrote Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. So Barbara played that number. I got up, I told him, you need to read the words of that if you've never read them. Now, you have to understand, political correctness was very important in that setting, Because of the mix of people we had, and we had them, the top people in the whole symphony organization, they were all there. We had eaten together, we're in the grand lobby, which can handle 400 sitting down to eat. And so I got up and, what do you do? I introduced it by saying, you know, there are many religions in the world. And if you travel around in Seattle, you find that a lot of them are recognized here. But I said, when you go by a Christian church, what do you see? You see a cross. Why? Because the cross is the heart of the Christian faith. And then I went on to tell them about three important things in the Christian faith. First, the virgin birth. And I described the importance of the virgin birth of Jesus. Second, the cross. Christ dying for our sins. I described that. Third, the resurrection, Christ dying to give us, rising from the dead, to give us eternal life. And then when I came to the end of it, I said, uh, you know, I was in California in February. And uh, I never told you why, but I said, I've been invited to pastor two of the RV parks there in the winter season. So I said, this is our last event. There was a sigh. It became very silent. And then I said, you know, Barbara and I have put a little song together. And she started to give me the note. And I just sang, California, here I come, here we come, right back where we started from sunshine golfing and preaching to California here we come so long farewell we'll soon be on our way (laughs) we'll miss you more than we can ever say so goodbye (laughs) goodbye (laughs) goodbye I walked off the stage, the place was on their feet. They're weeping, they're crying. They're hugging us, they can't can't even talk. Firm center, soft edges. And a few months later, we got an email and it said this. When George and Barbara left Benaroy Hall, a light went out, and nobody's been able to turn it back on. Just grabbed me. And two years ago, they invited us back. It was five years ago we left. Two years ago, they invited us back to take the cruise out to Blake Island to a Native American island where they cooked the salmon over the open fire. And we're in that big hall together and ready to eat. One of the fellows stood up. He said, all right, George, it's time. And I knew what he meant. I stood up and offered prayer for that croup. Firm center, soft edges. And this morning, you know, Paul said, I want to know and be like Christ. That's our, that's our focus, our call. He said, I'm going to forget what's in the past. Let it go. Let it go. I'm going to reach, stretch, and have vision for the future. Catch that. Relationship with God, with family, with Christian believers, with non-believers. And then the last word was, I'm pressing on. That's the action. That's where you do it. And to some of you, I say this morning, if you have never really placed your faith in Christ, this is a great opportunity to do it. As I pray, you can simply say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to you. I invite you in. Give me spiritual birth and life. Do that. And if you're a Christian believer and you've sort of been pray and say, Lord, help me. Help me in my goal to accomplish it. Help me to grow to be the person that you want me to be. And my friends, that is how you have a balanced Christian life. Let us pray.